what you say you do here. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. Like Brian. Yeah, Brian. Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And welcome in, everybody. However it is you find the podcast, you have found the most listened to, the most downloaded, and most easily accessible show in the city of Chattanooga. SoundCloud.com, StoneOnAir.com. I prefer that you download it and subscribe on your smartphone, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Tune in. Countless places you can do that at. But the main objective here is to make it easy for you to get a hold of, and SoundCloud seems to be the easiest way for a lot of people. So as long as you find the show, then I'm just tickled to death. Look at that, Georgia Tech. I'm going to go to the, na- the championship game of the NIT. For those of you that care about that, which is almost virtually none of you. Last Wednesday of May, it is the 29th of the year 2017. The next time I do a show after today, it'll be April. My favorite month of the year. My second favorite of the month of the year is June. I was talking to somebody earlier today. I said, if I don't have fun, lots of fun in April and June of a particular year, then I'm going to end up having a really, really crappy year because April and June, basically I spend 10 months out of my life trying to make sure that those two months are incredible. So when I look back at last year and evaluate April and June, well, it was pretty easily the worst April I've ever had and the most absolutely terrible June I've ever had. Now, the June was going pretty good until the end of it when I got fired from a radio station I liked working at. And hey, look at that. Somebody, what, where was that story? Somebody else got fired in the radio industry. Oh, that's right. That's all that's been talked about now for a week is the bogus situation, the frauds that are UTC and WUTC collectively. Jackie Helbert is my guest in the final segment of the show today. Talked to her yesterday. Just kind of got her thoughts on some stuff, where she's come from, where she's going, and what her overall objective of that day was. We'll talk to Jackie coming up here in just a few minutes. Coming up in less than five minutes, I'm going to play the entirety of the vignette, the uh, news feature that Jackie Helbert put together that ended up costing her her job at WUTC 88.1 here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that was pulled from the website WTC.org after it had aired twice on the regular radio signal and had been posted online. Well, I was able to grab it, and you can still find it on archive if you really want it. In case you missed it, I'll play that here in just a couple of minutes. Clay Bennett, the editorial cartoonist, nationally renowned, syndicated cartoonist, has emailed me back today confirming that he's going to be on the show whenever we can make an arrangement for it. And I was just, I was already having a pretty good day anyway, and that made my, uh, it made my first quarter of the year anyway. 
I've been wanting to get him on for a long time. And so when that'll be, probably closer to the middle of the year. But just wanted to get that out there that Clay Bennett has officially said, yes, he would love to be on the show. So the story that most people have been talking about on social media a lot is Jackie Helbert got fired from WUTC on the 21st of March. After a news feature, a vignette that she put together, audio piece about four and a half minutes long, aired on WUTC March 9th and March 13th. Case you didn't hear the piece because it was pulled down by UTC administrators and UTC.org, WUTC.org. This is that vignette. If you've heard it already, it's about four and a half minutes. You can fast forward past it. It's right at four minutes and 23 seconds. If you haven't heard it, this is the piece created, edited, and produced by Jackie Helbert. This is Michael Edward Miller for WUTC. Local high schoolers visited the Tennessee State Capitol recently to voice their concerns over Tennessee's bathroom bill. The proposed legislation would require public school students to use the restroom corresponding with the gender on their birth certificates. The students met with two lawmakers and learned a lesson in civics and civility, as WUTC's Jackie Helbert reports. I'm on a bus headed to Nashville with teenagers who've spent the majority of the ride drinking large amounts of caffeine. These students are from the newly formed Gay Straight Alliance Club from Cleveland High School. Um, Chase Howard is a transgender GSA student. I'm 15. I'm in the 10th grade. I like pie. It will be directly affected by the bill if it passes. Are you worried about this bill passing? I am actually terrified because there's a lot of danger that I could put myself into whichever bathroom I go into. Inside the Capitol building, the nervous but excited students meet with State Senator Mike Bell, a Republican whose district includes Athens and Etowah. Kat McKay, the student leader, started the discussion. How do you feel about the bathroom bill? I carried it last year. I'm a strong supporter of it. Um, and uh, I, I think it opens a door to which there would be no end. Did, did y'all, have y'all seen the news where there was a um, transgendered person arrested in Oregon uh, this past summer? And uh, it was a he, he demanded to be placed in a female prison. After three months, they had to take him out because he was having sex with all the female prisoners. It appears Senator Bell is referring to an incident reported on by Breitbart News. The transgender woman was arrested for murder in Scotland, not Oregon. The story was not confirmed and had nothing to do with bathroom use. How do you define it? Is it how I feel on Monday? I feel different on Tuesday. Wednesday, I might feel like a dog. You present yourself as a man? It's my DNA. It doesn't matter what I present myself as. It's my DNA. Okay. It's science. GSA President Patrick Poit well, I mean, explained the psychology of transgender people. transgender people, it's in, like you said, it's in DNA. Psychology shows it's in how their brain works. I've never seen the science to back it up. I've had countless discussions with doctors. My office mates a doctor who thinks it's all hogwash. Senator Bell cut the meeting short. That was my notice that my next appointment's here. That was my... That's As my the students discussion. filed out of the office, several were crying. Okay. They walked to another office and met with Kevin Brooks, a Republican from their own home county, Bradley County. Representative Brooks thanked them for coming, saying they had incredible courage and bravery. I am a representative of the people, and you're all my people. Unlike Senator Bell, Representative Brooks seemed skeptical of the bathroom bill. 
Brooks said he doesn't think the bill will come out of the committee and that it seems to be a divisive solution in search of a problem. And, and if it does, I, I probably will, will not um, will not support it. We really do appreciate you hey, taking this well, time. And, and, and keep me posted. You Definitely. know, y'all can... And, connect with me. On the long ride back to Cleveland, GSA President Poit talked about their first meeting with Senator Bell. I still cannot get over how he said transgender people are hogwash. Like that is not okay to be that official, that high up, show that leadership and say, yeah, you over there, you're hogwash, just so you know, you're worth nothing. Pat McKay's phone buzzed, a call from a Nashville number. The Cleveland GSA students celebrated on their way back home. The bill's original sponsor had withdrawn it, but it was a short-lived victory for them. Representative Mark Pody, a Republican from Lebanon, had withdrawn it, but planned to change some language and reintroduce the bathroom bill during this session. For WTC, this is Jackie Helbert. Oh my God, how wrong you are. So that's the piece that aired twice on WUTC 88.1. Now, I don't care in this podcast or in most of them, to be honest with you much about the bathroom bill legislation conversation. I have been a champion for equal rights, for equality, for the awareness of injustices of the world for way longer than it's been cool to do. So this is one I do not have a whole lot of strong feelings on what I do have strong feelings on are Tennessee state legislators administrators at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, and maybe even potentially certain members of the radio station within UTC 88.1 and the potential lack of integrity that a news gathering and distribution radio station in this city might have or might not have. That does kind of bother me. What happened around Monday night, NPR, National Public Radio themselves, had released a statement Basically saying UTC, the school, needs to get the hell out of the business of telling UTC, the radio station, what is and isn't suitable for broadcast. This is portions from that statement from National Public Radio. Serious questions have been raised about whether university officials were pressured to take those actions by state lawmakers who could cut state funding to the radio station WTC. The chain of events underscores why it is critical that newsrooms such as that at WUTC not be subject to pressure from the institutions that hold their licenses, the sponsors who give them their financial support, or the politicians who sometimes don't like the stories they hear or read. Her, talking about Jackie Helbert, her mistake was not, as her editors say, a fireable offense. Instead, it was a learning moment for a new reporter, and she was counseled about her mistake. Quick update, this is me. She didn't formally introduce herself as a reporter with a news organization. While recording in the presence of State Senator Mike Bell and State Representative Kevin Brooks. If you're listening to this podcast, you already know a majority of all this. They say they would not have removed it from WUTC's website, that being the vignette and the story, if they had not been ordered to do so. Removing a story, except in the most extreme circumstances, is a breach of the standards practiced by NPR and other credible news organizations. You don't remove posts. You don't remove stories on your website without putting 
an explicit edited reason as to why. That's generally how things operate in the news information distribution industry. I am happy that Jackie was able to get a little bit of a vindication feel out of this. This is from late yesterday from the Times Free Press, Kendi Rainwater. Jackie Helbert says she feels vindicated after National Public Radio released a statement condemning the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga for firing her from WTC. I was completely floored the moment I saw they did a response. Helbert told the Times Free Press on Tuesday, quote, WUTC was caught in the crossfire. They are a scapegoat just like me, said Helbert. She is nicer girl than me. I wouldn't be this forgiving this early. And this is a piece out of Athens, Tennessee's local paper. The headline says, Bell, Senator, State Senator Mike Bell, no role in reporter being fired. This is from yesterday as well. State Senator Mike Bell said he had no direct part in the firing of a reporter from a college radio station. Quote from Mike Bell, I thought she was just another high school student. He said she never identified herself as a member of the media. This is a 32-year-old woman. I thought she just looked like another high school student. With recording gear, a directional shotgun microphone, just another high school student. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mr. Bell. Maybe she doesn't quite look like all the frauds that you go to lunch with after church on Sunday. It's awfully convenient. What happened was likely a couple of of out-of-touch old white dudes got a room full of kids they weren't expecting to be hammering them on something that they can't really even articulately speak of all that well to begin with and then start citing stories that they don't even have the facts on. They looked dumb. They felt dumb. And so they got Todd Gartenhire on the phone and any of their other cronies and then said, oh, yeah, well, I didn't have anything to do with that. Well, yeah, of course you didn't. Of course you didn't. I haven't even gotten to Stone's Throw yet. My conversation with Jackie Helbert herself coming up in less than 10 minutes. Stone's Throw. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. Wait, what? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? So there seems to be a little bit of confusion as to where the blame lies more. Is it the administration of the college itself, of the university itself, or of the radio station WTC more proper? I'm here to say I don't think it really matters all that much. The damage is the same. I will say this about Jackie Helbert, who I talked to here in just a couple of minutes. By all accounts, she seems like an inspired, hardworking producer she's an editor she's a content creator and she also appears to be a hell of a lot more grateful and courteous than me all the way around because as of just yesterday she was giving a lot of praise to the radio station itself saying that they were powerless in the situation i she might be right she might not be i still think in the end it's not all that important because i was out of town till late yesterday or excuse me monday afternoon and so that's when I, Monday night and into Tuesday morning, yesterday morning is when I started to kind of go back and check the pulse rate, the temperature of the public sentiment all the way around towards WTC. Because on social media, I had been very, very critical, saying, boycott this radio station. And I see less of that now and saying more of this is about the university. Well, here's the deal, guys. Somebody has to suffer consequences for this. It's not fair. You know, I'm not saying that it's totally fair, but the most unjust, unfair thing happened to Jackie herself. She got fired. 
everybody else still has their job. So pardon me if it's unfair to take your criticisms out on the news organization and distribution radio station itself as opposed to the university. The university has fallen on the sword for this. They don't care. I'm not entirely convinced that the two of them together didn't just say, hey, you know, us administrators over here, we're fine. We'll, uh, no one's really going to think about this much longer anyway, so we'll say it's all us and you had nothing to do with it and we'll just go on from there. Why the hell wouldn't they care to take the blame? All they're going to do is just continue to keep ripping off children and young adults as they increase tuitions via collusion with third-party bankers and state legislators as they should continue to secure funds for the disaster that is the federally insured student predatory loan program. And all this colluding together with lawmakers and third-party private entities represented as a favor to their constituents. Everybody's getting rich here. Why would they give a damn about the integrity of an antiquated news and content distribution? Rhetorical question, they don't. The University of Tennessee... At Chattanooga, just secured a half a million dollars to give to their radio station. Here's the problem. The problem isn't who is responsible for the breach of integrity at WUTC. The problem is that there is an integrity breach at WUTC. The news can't be trusted at this station. Not that there's a whole hell of a lot of it anyway, and be prepared to see even less of it going forward if I were to take a guess. But right now, everybody's well, who made this happen? Whose fault was it? It doesn't matter. There's a breach of integrity, and that's a problem. And somebody has to suffer consequences for this outside of a part-time, up-and-coming, aspiring editor and journalist and content creator in Jackie Helbert. Somebody has to suffer the consequences, and the only ones where this can actually hurt is the radio station itself. The NPR national product is pretty good. You can get it anywhere. The local the local 88.1 broadcasting, I'm gonna, Brian's about to say it on the air, Richard Wynnum is a snooze fest. He's a nice enough guy. Everybody likes him. It's boring radio. Late morning is boring radio. Late at night is boring radio. So if you or anybody you know especially during their begathon radiothons they have, gives this radio station money. I'm not saying don't do it for the rest of your life. Don't do it anytime soon. They just secured a half a million dollars. You know at bare minimum, that radio station has a half a million dollars. Don't support people who have no integrity, and I don't care whose fault it is, the bottom line, there's a breach of integrity. Somebody has to suffer consequence, consequences. Jackie did, and someone else does too. Hurt them with your wallet. Don't give them any money. I've been on this for a week. And I'll stay on it for as long as people still continue to listen. Because I know what it's like to feel like nobody's standing up for me. I know what it's like to feel like you're the one who's getting screwed here. And everybody else who agrees with it is staying silent and not saying a word. Don't support this mess. Don't listen to it. If all you like is a national programming, get it somewhere else. It's boring, fraudulent radio. As par the course in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is not boring and fraudulent. This is the band that won the Road to Nightfall Monday Night Social, a band out of Cleveland, Tennessee. 
A lot of fun being involved with The Road to Nightfall and Barrett Taylor and Gig City Productions and hope to do some more into the future. Coming up next, my conversation with Jackie Helbert, formerly of WUTC 88.1. This is the most listened to, the most downloaded, and the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. This is the Stone on Air Podcast. from Jason Isbell. It'll be at Track 29 on April 20th. Song's called Hope the High Road. And still working for that ever so slight chance to get him on the podcast before that show. Incredible song, as always, with Isbell these days. And I think this one fits pretty good for some of the conversation taking place today. Listen for a minute. At Stone on Air on all social medias. If you're on there, tweet at Jason Isbell and say, hey, won't you be on Stone's podcast? If you would, I'd appreciate it. If not, that's fine too, whatever. Earlier on Tuesday morning, I caught up with Jackie Helbert, and she joined me for a few minutes on the Stone on Air podcast. Joining me now on the highly sophisticated phone system, just the second time I've had a caller here on the Stone on Air podcast. My name is Brian Stone, and this is former WUTC Porter producer Jackie Helbert. Thank you for joining me for a few minutes this morning. I know it's been certainly a crazy couple, at least week or so. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Jackie, if you would, I, I want to try to not ask you all the same things I know you've been answering for the last week. Would you just <laughs> would you just start off, uh, because I've been talking about this all the whole first half of the show, so there's no reason to overly reset okay. everything right now, but would you just give me a little bit about yourself, where you came from, um, and where you were at least trying to go, and your duties with WUTC leading up to your termination around a week ago. If you could just give us a little background, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm, at, I'm from the Appalachian Mountains, cold country in southwest Virginia. I have a background in customer service, actually, but I started making a podcast, and I got into this amazing workshop called the Transom Storytelling Workshop, and it's the point of it is to get diversity in public radio. So I got into that and went and trained for two months on basically radio storytelling. And then I got this job through my radio mentor. She told me about it at WTC. So it's like my dream job. I'm finally doing this amazing thing that I've wanted to do my whole life but never thought I could do. And I've been there for about six months when all this happened. And and what were your uh, what was your official title? What were your duties? I know you weren't there mm-hmm. long, but what, what would your, your job description be with WTC? Yeah, it, it was me and uh, my news director were the only ones doing the news. So I would, I did news reporting. I worked on a podcast around about Chattanooga. So I did like producing, editing, reporting, interviews, that kind of stuff. And then occasionally I'd fill in and run the board. Well, I, I'm a radio guy, so I understand what it's like. I mean, I have 15 years in the radio business, so I understand that excitement of getting that job and to be there such a short time. And we all know what happened for the most part. What I want to do here now is kind of back up on a timeline, if you would. 
Um, mm-hmm. te- the trip you took with the kids, the high school kids from Cleveland, you went to Nashville with them and then recorded the events of the day. Mm-hmm. Give me your expectations of what you thought you were going to be getting out of that trip. Because and this is a two-part question. We'll start with that because sometimes when you're on assignment or when you're putting together a, a, some kind of vignette or a little feature, you're not sure what you're going to get. What were your expectations when you left for that trip earlier this month? Yeah, I think it was around the 7th of, of this month. I was expecting it, well, like most of the stories I've heard about the bathroom buildings like that, like you hear it from the perspective of the lawmakers. Sure. So I was really hoping that on this assignment that I would get a feel for people, like the, the youth, the children who are being directly affected by the bill. And it just like, when I heard that they were going up there to talk to lawmakers, it just really struck me. My God, that's so brave. I can't remember, I can't imagine being a teenager <laughs> and like going and talking to lawmakers about something like this. that's so sensitive and they're just like coming to terms with, you know, themselves anyway. So my expectations, I was thinking that I would just get like a sh- quick little sound bites that the politicians would be classic politicians would be, you know, really nice to the kids and say, predetermined kind of things. I was shocked when I got there in, in Senator Bell's office and the things he said were like horrifying. <laughs> so. Okay, well, part two of that question. Did you have a lot of discussion with stations management at WTC and what do you believe their expectations were? Was it was it even discussed much at length? Not much. They gave me a lot of freedom. They, you know, trusted me to, to do stories. I told them, I think this could be a really good story. Maybe we could pitch it to national NPR because you don't hear it from this perspective. Um, so like we said that, that was basically about it. Like they gave me a lot of freedom to do whatever. We didn't plan it out or anything going into it. I just let them know what I was doing and they're like, okay. Well, we'll get to more on that here in a minute. I guess that's good and bad. It's good. They're giving you the freedom. It might not be as good as because they didn't maybe spell out what they were, what their expectations might've been. And again, we'll get to more of that in a minute, but you mentioned Early on, and it's been documented without any confusion, that you did admit to, to not properly idea, identifying yourself. So that was from the very, very beginning. There is no confusion there. But just out of pure curiosity, first, before I ask the question, how long were, were you, say, by the time you touched down in Nashville and started going to the Capitol and time you left, about what kind of time frame was that? The bus got there at like 10 o'clock or 9.30, and then we went in with Senator Bell, like, I think at 10.15. It wasn't very long. And you guys were back in Cleveland and Chattanooga area by mid-afternoon, maybe? I think it was like, I feel like it was like 7 o'clock, actually. It was kind of late. My point being is is that while technically it might not have been that long of a time, if you're rolling tape mm-hmm. for a majority of this time, you probably have oh, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of minutes and many hours of, of, oh, of yeah. audio. Did any, I got reams of audio. <laughs> did, and I'll come back to that in a minute as well. Did, did anybody ask you? what you were doing or why you were recording? No. I mean, I mean, from people, just random people on the street to maybe a secretary, did anybody, no. they didn't even, they, nobody even asked. No, no, no. It was, it was glaringly obvious. Almost, my setup was almost like cartoonish. I, I kept the windscreen, like the fuzzy dead cat on it. We were indoors. I didn't need it, but I kept it on there to kind of even make it more obvious. I had like bright clothes on, a huge lanyard with my press pass and stuff that says WDC, a big bag that said public radio. Like it was so obvious why I was there. And there was like other press there. We did a press conference and I Facebook live streamed it and I recorded that. Um, so no, no, no. It was super obvious what I was doing. When I met Senator Bell, I shook his hand. I had to move my recorder stuff out of the way, made eye contact with Brooks because he came in the room after the kids were already in there. So it was just like, it couldn't have been more obvious what I was doing. So nobody asked because they didn't need to. No. They didn't need to ask. Exactly. <laughs> they already knew the answer to the question. I was standing up, pointing the 
my back and forth between them and the kids. Like, it was ridiculously obvious. Formerly of WUTC, Jackie Helbert is my guest on the Stone on Air podcast. Just a couple more and I'll get out of your way. I've noticed it is all over the almost country, regionally for sure. The Washington Post picked up the story. Mm-hmm. ABC, if, I, if you haven't seen it already today, Clay Bennett from the Chattanooga Times Free Press, you're the next editorial cartoon, at least your name's in it. If you don't mind, and you can give me as little of this or as much of this as you'd like, I'm maybe on a need-to-know basis might be running thin here. But the timeline of the firing, their approach, Mm -hmm. the way they handled it, were they really definitive at first? Did it take a handful of days? I mean, did you feel like, oh, no, I'm in trouble? Like, If you don't mind, as much or as little as you could tell me about kind of the timeline of the firing. Oh, yeah, I don't mind. I'm being very open about this. Let's see. So the story picked up the most traction. It was like they said it was like the most web traffic news story that we'd done. And they're like, you did a great job. And, and we, this is what we want you to do. It was like two days later. So that was around the the 13th of March. And and then my boss mentioned, hey, Mike Bell called, but we don't know what he wanted yet. And then I started getting messages like, did you identify yourself? That kind of thing. And I got an email where my managers got emails from the administration of the university asking all these questions about me, basically. So as soon as that happens, then they got an email. I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be bad because these are like this, you know, <laughs> this is really controversial, and I'm a newbie. Like, I'm a nobody, and if they're upset about this, I can't imagine how that this is going to go well for me. And within less than a week, you were fired. Y- yeah, I was fired on Tuesday a week today, like the, today, yeah. 21st. today we're recording this on the 28th and that would have been a week ago on the 21st. I first caught wind of it that next day on a Wednesday. So final thing here that goes back to what I was asking you about how much footage you might've had. What is interesting about this story is that every other day there seems to be like a new little element mm-hmm. to an already kind of the same information except for, Oh, and then this is in here now too. And, Oh, and now this is in here now, too. And the one that caught my eye the most is that I'm getting this from the Nashville scene, the uh, Nashville's Alternative Weekly, is Vice Mm -hmm. Chancellor of Marketing and Communications, uh, George Heddleston, said later after the termination that you had audio that had, quote, edited comments from Brooks that seemed to fit her story, end quote. Mm -hmm. Now, out of... Hundreds of minutes and hours of footage, of of audio, I should say. Clearly, there's editing. I know this. You know this. This is what we do, and we do it well. Your thoughts on on that addition later Mm -hmm. in the story? Yeah. um, So they fired me specifically for not identifying myself. Like, it was never brought up that there was an issue with the content of the story. The story went through multiple edits with my boss and my boss's boss, who are great seasoned journalists, just to make sure that it was because you have to take audio out, things are too long or whatever, but they want to make sure everything was put in context and fair and all that stuff. So honestly, the first time I heard about it was anything negative about that was when he quoted that after I was already fired. And that's insane and it's ridiculous and insulting. And it makes me think that they just don't even know what story to stick with. They're just like throwing stuff out there, trying to ruin my credibility. Just for the record. Have you ever edited audio to manipulate the context of a, conf- a, a recorded conversation? No, and certainly not in this situation. I've always tried to be very careful to, to take people at the, you know, to keep it in the same vein. Well, I figured we'd at least get that on record. You've never purposely tried to manipulate audio to change the context of someone's conversation. I, I believe that to no. be true, but I figured we might as well at least ask the question out loud. 
Yeah. Jackie Helbert, thank you for joining me here on the Stone on Air podcast. I, I will just say this on the way out the door here is that I know that you're having a lot of, uh, of, of people coming to, 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 to try to cheer you up, to try to tell you everything's going to be all right. You're getting your attention is being grabbed by everybody. It won't be long and people aren't really going to think about this anymore. And I just mm-hmm. want you to know that if there's anybody who can empathize with the emotional devastation and heartbreak of losing a job that you work so hard to get, it's me. Because I've had I, I've had something happen to me that's in the neighborhood of this, but it's a really big ass neighborhood. <laughs> so it's not <laughs> it's not quite the same, but it's got a lot of the same elements. A lot of people can say, oh, I feel sorry for you. I'm so sorry. But it, very few people truly understand how upsetting that can be. But I am definitely one of them. So I, uh, I wish you the best of luck. And, and real fast, do you, it's obviously only been a week. Do you plan on staying in town? Do you plan on shopping the country for another uh, gig? Or, or have you even nearly got that far? I haven't really got that far. I love Chattanooga, though. It's, it's, it's amazing. The community is amazing. So I hope that I can do something, you know, like some sort of podcast or something like that where I can make money and do press and do what I love and be able to stay here. Well, I will tell you this, and I'll tell you this on the, on the quote-unquote air here on the show because I plan on talking about it more here soon. I am in the works of hopefully becoming a pioneer of sorts of new media, new tech media technologies in this city going forward. If you don't go anywhere, keep in touch with me. We'll work. We'll do some. We'll do something, even if it's just for fun. All right. Uh, thanks so much for saying that. Thanks for talking to me. Jackie, thank you very much. And we'll see you around soon. OK. And if anything I need to know that you want out there, let me know. And if anything I can do to help you, uh, certainly reach out. I appreciate it. <laughs> A lot of times people ask me, what is my podcast about? A lot of times podcasts have a very specific subject matter. And when I tell people who aren't familiar with what I do, I say that that this podcast is about things that are important. This podcast is about things that are interesting. This podcast is about putting things in perspective. It's not a show to try to yell at everybody and make them think that I'm right and they're wrong or trying to convince people that they should think that the way I do. It's a show that showcases the city of Chattanooga. It's a show that showcases the region of the Southeast. And sometimes the showcases are incredible. Sometimes they're more like regrettable. This show's about what's important. This show's about what's interesting. This show's about you. It's about me. It's about us. It's about life. And it's just a way to have a few minutes a week. And then every now and again with the Stone On Air show, it's a longer form interview show like the one I'm going to have with Clay Bennett in a month and a half or so. It's just to get to know more interesting people around you. I like to think you walk away and think, yeah, I might not agree with everything that guy said, but at least he put it in a way that made sense. And at the very least, he works hard and he's passionate. StoneOnAir at gmail.com, at StoneOnAir on all social media. Do not be like WUTC. Don't be a fraud, because the truth is easy to remember, and this space is getting bigger and bigger with every intricate and interesting story that takes place in its eight-month-old existence. So I ask you to continue to watch it. Talk to you guys again in April. Bye. I know you're tired. You ain't sleeping well.